This is Come On Kinds with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Welcome to season one, episode number seven of Come On Kind with myself, Martin Quilty and... And I'm Anya Fahey. This evening, we are going to be looking at the results of last weekend's games, previewing this weekend's knockout games in the adult championship games. We're also going to look at some refereeing matters that occurred over the weekend as well. And also, we're just going to mention a small bit on the All-Star nominees that was announced over the last two days for the inter-county senior girls and the intermediate girls that was nominated by the Association recently. But first of all, Anya, we're going to go back to the Junior C County final, which happened last uh, Saturday um, between St. Martin's and St. Bridget's. A cracking game that went all the way to uh, extra time. I was at the game as well. So, just a little bit about it. It was won 72 points um, in favour of St. Bridget's at half time. It was then 2 7 to 1 4 at the water break and ended up 2 7 apiece at full time 2-11-3-8 then at the second water break and it went all the way down to the wire 3-12 to 3-13 was the final score with Stacey Quirk getting that all important winning point and victory for the St. Martins girls uh, fantastic game of camogie on yeah that's what it was and you've mentioned Stacey before here on the podcast and she ended up getting the winning point last Saturday yeah, by all means, it sounded like it was a really good game of camogie. I believe Lauren Ronan came in and scored a goal there to bring the, the game to extra time um, for uh, St. Bridget's. Um, yeah, Stacey Quirk, good old reliable Stacey, popping up there to get the winning point for um, St. Martin's in what I suppose was probably a good weekend, nearly in general, for them, barred with bar their senior girls on Sunday, you know, after winning a football county final on the Friday evening and then going on to win a junior C county title on Saturday you know a lot of those girls would have been competing in both those for so for some of them they could potentially would have had three games over the space of three days um, really good result for them St. Martins you know unfortunately we fell to them in the um, in the semi-final of that championship but by all means they were an excellent excellent team so well balanced so well structured throughout and I think just their experience alone on the field like when you have the likes of Stacey Quirk and Maeve Mansfield to be able to throw them in there they're such leaders such stalwarts for their club and for them to just kind of be getting back to the basics and getting back to enjoying camogie again and I suppose both guys have been away from the um, the club scene for a while now Stacey's been travelling and, and Maeve has been away as well it's, you know, so it's been really good to see them both back and a really, really good result for St. Martin's and I'm sure they were celebrating all the way in Coon and Muckley over the weekend uh, with two county finals. So well, fair play to them, well done, but it definitely sounded like it was a cracker of a game as well. It certainly was. And on Maeve Mansfield, I mean, we have to mention uh, Roisin Casey who done a man-marking job on Maeve all throughout the game. Lauren Ronan got uh, two goals in that game as well. Uh, Lauren East was the other girl then that got a goal in it. I suppose it was a bit fortuitous in a way that she was probably going for a point when the ball ended up in the back of the net and you have to take a bit of look when it comes to them kind of things as well but we thought St. Martins could have lost it um, they had a penalty uh, in f- full time just before full time uh, May have stepped up to take it and unfortunately she missed the penalty we thought it could come back to bite him but it didn't um, they, they got extra time but uh, yeah Stacey Quirk was unbelievable I have to mention she got the goal in the first half for 
um, St. Martins and Katie O'Neill popped up then with two goals in corner forward as well so uh, we could see though when it went to extra time there was a lot of tired legs that was there um, we thought maybe we were going to get extra extra time and then even penalties for long periods of time in that game but in fairness to St. Bridget's they were probably leading for a small bit of a certainty at half time they were Um they brought changes in after 15-20 minutes they changed a lot of the full forwards they did bring in as you say uh, Lauren Ronan they brought on Ava Brett I thought Ava Brett was outstanding um, she ran the whole of the midfield all the good things that was going through where you've mentioned her um, on the podcast as well before but she was very very good but just St. Martin's I, I thought myself were just that small little bit hungrier um, and Stacey fell onto a breaking ball got the win and point and elation for the, the women from St. Martin's yeah like she's like if you're on the opposite team she's not a player that you want to be getting on the ball in the game so tightly like that because you know she's got she's she's just a real athlete and she's such a powerhouse at midfield um, and even like when she's playing with the seniors yeah they had her in wing forward the last day for Mokalee against um, Tolerone there but like it's just her work rate I think and I think st- because Stacey's been away for so long it's more so about kind of getting back into playing Camogie with Mokalee and you know getting back to enjoying it as well like and I think I think that title is going to do such a tremendous amount of work for Mokalee themselves you know we mentioned it last week they've been in an under 16 county final a minor county final and a junior C county final they've won two out of three of them I can see Lillian is absolutely delighted here listening to all of this she's waving the red and green flag around the studio here she's given out to me for calling them Mokalee at this stage <laughs> um, but yeah it's really really good to see for them fair play like they do seem like they have put an awful lot of work into Camogie this year and I think for a lot of them um, I think the football has nearly stood to them them as well like it's a different level of fitness and I think because there's such an overlap with both um, codes there for, for the club that it's really brought them all on and you know they're going on to play now and represent Kilkenny at the Leinster Championship in the football and you know they've done so well with the Camogie as well this year probably disappointing for their seniors I suppose not to maybe be there but you know all those girls can look forward to a football Leinster Championship but yeah like they've been working very very hard and I think their experience alone probably on the day probably shoved them through I think Bally Callan a very very young team and you know they're certainly going to be there we have to remember Bally Callan have been competing in minor A county finals the last couple of years they won a fail under 14A not so long ago as well so you know these young players are starting to come through to the fore now and this whole championship is nearly set up to aid those players to develop them into being able to slot into their intermediate or their senior team and it's a great championship to have like and you know I must say our first year being involved in it it was really really good for all the players around the county that probably aren't getting the opportunity to play, you know, with their club's first team, but it's still keeping them involved. They're the ones coming down to train and they're still getting game time and they're being able to showcase their talent as well. So it's an excellent competition. I really hope it continues to go on next year as well because there was yeah, some cracking games. it's been a huge games. success yeah, in fairness. It certainly has, like, and it's great to see so many clubs being involved in it as well. Uh, but definitely, and I know Piltown are looking as well for next year because I was talking to a couple from the, the club over the weekend as well and they actually have so many girls at adult level I think it's 44 girls in total that they actually have playing or eligible to play Camogie and they're looking to put in a junior or a third team which will be the junior C team as well for next year that's fantastic like for a club like themselves that's incredible to have three adult teams in a club like that's absolutely crazy and you can see some clubs are struggling to get one together and like they're able to, they're able to produce three teams that would be fantastic it'd be fantastic for Camogie down in Piltown but in general for Camogie and Kilkenny I think it'd be absolutely brilliant and you know it's keeping girls playing 
win, keeping them encouraged. Like, and you know, it's it's but really, that, really that, good. That point is important because mm. if you were 44 girls, we'll say even in the likes of Tullerone and you only have an adults team and maybe a junior team, there's a lot of them girls are not going to get game time yeah. and they're going to think to themselves, well, why am I going to be bothered going training on a Tuesday and a Thursday or whatever and I'm only going to be sitting on the bench the weekend whereas at least if they have the third team entered into a competition, girls will be playing maybe the majority of the time but yeah. certainly a lot of it than what they would be doing sitting on the bench and that's all we want is giving girls the game time as you say and bringing players on. Yeah, it definitely is and you know, I think, you know, it's definitely worked for all the teams that have been involved in the Junior C Championship. Everybody got their game time. I suppose it was such a very long year this year probably compared to other years and you know, it, there was probably this fear of things going a bit stale but at least with this championship then being able to get those matches in under girls belt it just it helps so much and I think it definitely is after kind of driving on the, the senior teams or the intermediate teams in the club yeah but a great absolutely a brilliant competition I hope at last I'd love to see more teams get involved and get their teams together because we have to we have to remember like you can play 12 aside so you don't necessarily have to have 20 girls available to play on the junior C team you can play 12 aside which is great as well so it's given everybody an opportunity which is brilliant to see yeah, well, I know they did play 15 aside at the weekend because they had it. I need to mention just a couple of players stand out from that game as well. We've already mentioned Ava Brett, uh, Lauren, uh, Lauren, say it for me, Lauren Ronan from St. Bridget's. Very, very good. Lauren East as well, um, out around the middle of the field. Lorena Murphy played very, very well, I have to say. And what she said might even be her last competition in playing in it. Hopefully not. And as I said, Roisin Casey was very, very good um, as well at centre back. She'd done a brilliant job on Maeve Mansfield. When you move to the St. Martin's girl then uh, we have to say and we hope Nicola Healy who went off injured um, early on in the first half I think after the water break hopefully she's okay uh, Roisin Casey again had a very good game Amy Ring I thought was exceptional on you back uh, wing back just for such a young girl she really really was and played very very well on that um, Stacey Quirk played very very well um, I have to mention too well, Chloe Ryan actually when she came in she came on instead of the injured player Nicola Heady there she played exceptionally well as well um, as it may played well and Katie O'Neill of course getting the two goals um, so uh, yeah overall it was a, probably a good performance and St. Martin's probably just about deserved edging it uh, coming away with the one point win and a great game uh, to watch um, as a neutral on that and hopefully the spectators that turned up on the day really enjoyed that as well now moving on then to other matters that we had then on Sunday in the Michael Ling Motors in our senior Camogie Championship we had the first round games the first one up we have here is Wine Gap and Lisdowney St. Lactans it was a one point win for Lisdowney St. Lactans you did predict that Wine Gap could potentially win this one or it may go to extra time but Lisdowney St. Lactans came away with a one point victory disappointing for Wine Gap I suppose but uh, the women above in Freshford and Lisdowney won't mind too much they're now into the quarterfinals No they certainly won't um, I actually got managed to get um, just the last couple of minutes of the first half and the full second half of this game are racing out of the racing racing out of Nolan Park after the Freshford lads won the quarterfinal there um, but yeah really really good game it was literally so tight down to the final whistle it could have gone any way at all um, I thought Lydia Fitz was 
exceptional. She scored a point from out on the side and she took a free free drop short, came right back out to her. She took the ball on, drove it over the bar. It was absolutely fantastic. And I think it really drove on Freshford altogether. Um, very, very young team, Freshford Liz Downey. A lot of young ones that, you know, I probably wouldn't know too much about, but extremely young. Like even I was there with a friend of mine and she was like, oh my God, they look like kids, the whole lot of them, because they were so, so young. But do you know what? They're just really finely tuned, the whole lot of them. And I think a lot of that goes to the experience they had in actually playing in the county final last year that the, a lot of them have probably learned from this even though they're so so young um, you know I thought you know Laura Hegarty at one stage caught a ball out of the air it popped out of her hand and she put her hand behind her back to catch it and she still managed to get it you know I found that she kind of stepped it up a bit certainly in the second half anyway from what I could see you know she was driving forward as well and she scored a really good point too but I think you know just the tussle of the game was Denise Gall on Claire Phelan they both basically cancelled each other out, if I'm honest. Um, and it was kind of like, I I did feel that Wine Gap probably didn't utilise Denise as much as they could have. I felt like putting, at one stage she was sitting in full forward and it's very hard for a player like Denise. And I'm sure she was probably getting frustrated herself when there's no ball coming in, what do you expect her to do? And I suppose everybody's kind of looking at her going, oh, we need Denise to do something, we need Denise to do something. But if she's sitting in full forward and there's nothing coming into her, what can she do? And you know, We've, we've seen her, her best position is out midfield yeah. where she's like a conductor of a choir. She's able to get the ball, bring it in as she has done all year for the senior team. She mm-hmm. needs a vast space to be able to spread the ball around and do what she likes with it. I think if you isolate her in the full forward line or even in the half forward mm-hmm. line, you're not going to get as good out of Denise because she's bottled up. She needs plenty of space to express herself and yeah, I agree with you. I think she has to be out around midfield, definitely outside the half forward anyway. Yeah, I think so. And I think especially at club level as well, like, because as you said, like, she's just so well able to orchestrate the game completely. Like, and I just felt like, you know, she was just sitting in there and it was nearly kind of like she was wasting. Now, I'm sure Freshford Liz Downey were absolutely delighted she was sitting in there because, like, their half back line were very strong, their midfielders were on top and their half forward line were on top. So there was nothing going in there. I will say that there was one player for Weingat that I felt stood out and... I nearly dropped when I heard she was still under 16 was Natalia Jackson. She was phenomenal at centre-back. Now, I know she had a tough day at the office with Lydia Fitz, but for such a young girl, it's like it didn't faze her. Like, I thought she was really, really good. Like, she was just excellent. And she didn't, like, she didn't look like, you know, she shouldn't be there. She didn't look like, you know, that little child, you know, sitting in the corner, whatever the case may be. She was a real powerhouse at centre back. Like, you know, she had to work hard. As I said, she was on Lydia Fitz, who's by no means is an easy player to mark. Like, and, you know, Lydia will uh, give it to you as, as yeah. good as she can get it. Um, but yeah, I thought, you know what? I think for just such a young girl to be able to play at that position. And I mentioned it the week before for Dixworth as well having new feeling at that position and she's only a minor it's great to see clubs putting the faith in, in these young players and letting them know that like you're the future of the club so that was something that I was really really impressed with as well um, but, but I was speaking yeah. to Paul uh, Murphy on that uh, recently during the week as well um, over the phone we were just talking about different things and she said that was the way that they actually learnt mm. when they were coming up to it that they were thrown in at the deep end I mean they could play senior camogie back in the day when they were 12-13 years of age yeah. no problem at all but that 
that's how you learn it. You were thrown in at the deep end and you either sank or swim then when you were in there. And a lot of them actually swam away. Like she's had to come away with several All-Ireland medals at the time as well. Yeah. Like So, you know, as you say, it's about time that the club starts maybe putting faith in the young players. They're the future of the clubs and if they want to do well, they're going to have to start trying players out. Yeah, it certainly is. And I think, you know, it definitely was. I just, I don't know what it was about her. I was just so impressed with her, you know, she probably, you know, she obviously has a lot to learn. She's still a young player, like, and, you know, maybe a little bit more physicality, but at the end of the day, like, she's still only 16 and she's able to slot into that position. Like, because we all know Wine Gap, you know, they're a big, strong physical team. Like, and I suppose when you have the players like Denise Gall, Michaela Keneally, Catherine Foley playing around you, these are the girls that she's probably looking up to as well. And of course, her sister too. Um, But yeah, really good to see from her, like, was, was very, very impressive. I think probably more so impressed because of how young she was and I was probably looking at that as like God you know she, you know, she's a brave girl to be doing that and you know fair play to her but it was I must say it was a really really good game um, Liz Downey St. Lactans definitely deserved the win without a doubt um, they were just they were just more balanced on the day and just some of the balls that they were coming out they didn't panic at all and they kept their structure whereas I felt when when they got on top of Wine Gap I think Wine Gap started to panic like Michaela was doing trying to do a lot of work around the middle of the field but nothing was kind of going right for her and you know Aoife Carly must mention as well for St. Lactans and uh, St. Lactans Liz Downey was very good at full forward um, she's just a major threat and I suppose anybody that might not know she was part of the intercount she was part of the senior panel in 2016 when they won in All-Ireland so you know she has that experience too coming through um, I think it was Trinity actually she plays with that right that she yeah. was in the Ashbourne Cup and she had an outstanding day the day below in WIT that I seen her play mm-hmm. in the porns of Rain that day so Eva's a, a good talent like yeah. in fairness as well and a great player to be able to have in full forward like you know she's just a constant threat and she's constantly moving and roaming around the place so yeah really really good result for uh, Liz Downey St. Lacton so they'll be delighted it's one step further I suppose that they want to get back to where they were last year and um, it's you kind know, of like a mirror image of last year like yeah. I mean, they only kind of started off at the knockout stage as well they were just trodden along nicely just doing what they yeah. had to do but come knockout stages then they just fired on all guns and then got themselves into the county final it definitely is like and even though like I suppose Andalton is obviously a major loss for them this year they kind of look like there's definitely players that are well capable to kind of sit into that position and you know take up the reins um, I definitely feel like Lydia Fitz has kind of taken up that post I suppose like between herself and maybe Tara Hickey they are probably some of the older girls on the panel now Laura Hergesley Claire feeling as well like so I suppose yeah, they kind of have love to, you saying that. Yeah, they they kind of have to take uh, they have to kind of take that um on board like and realize that these are the girls that the younger ones are looking up to because they have a very very young team like there's Nifa Ryan there that was corner forward Julianne Berrigan as well like these girls are very very young so they need these older players to be stepping up and if they see them performing they're obviously going to perform perform as well but yeah very good result there for uh, Liz Downey St Lactans in the first game of the weekend. Don't worry, Lydia, you're still young. Plenty of time left <laughs> on the clock, yes. <laughs> Disappointing, though, for a uh, wine gap on that one, but Liz Downey St. Lactans march on into the quarterfinals. The next one up then in the senior was the meeting of Piltown and St. Martins. You did get this one spot on. You did say Piltown would have a bit more in the tank of St. Martins. It ended up that way. 4-11 to 2-9. I believe it was even Stevens enough up to half time. Um, you know, St. Martins, it was a tough game as well against Piltown, as you'd expect in knockout championship game as well but just at the end of the day Piltown just uh 
tore on in the second half and comfortable enough uh, victory there then in the end Yeah definitely was like and probably no you know real shock and that's an absolutely no disrespect to St Martin's there but you would have to kind of heavily fancy Piltown in that scenario um, I do believe that it wasn't as plain sailing as you mentioned you know earlier on there but you know I said definitely St Martin's have put it up to them and I suppose they were probably going in on a high as I've already said with the football and the juniors winning the day before uh, they were probably going in on a high hoping to replicate that re- replicate that um, I just don't feel like St Martin's have really kind of got off the blocks in their senior championship this year I suppose they would have been happy with the result against Clara um, but you know that was a tough draw to be going out against uh, Piltown in the first round but yeah Piltown will be happy enough with that They pr- we probably haven't seen Piltown at full throttle yet and you know that's a bit worrying for the rest of the teams that remain in the championship for who's going to draw them next because you know they haven't really put their foot down and you know kind of you know forced their way through with top performances like they're probably just coasting and you know they're probably right at the moment because they're coasting through and you know I'd I'd hate to be at the the wrong end of the stick there when they really go give it 100%. Yeah, well, they're certainly going to be there or thereabouts. Again, as you said, St. Martins have always been there. There's a couple of years ago, they probably would have been fighting relegation trouble. As we know, there was no relegation trouble um, this year. So it's great for them. But with the junior C team winning, I mean, they have the amount of girls coming at 16 and minor, as we've said, with other teams trying to bed young girls in in the whole lot. The future is certainly bright for St. Martins. But like Pilltown, Pilltown's minors won the county final this year um, as well. Like they have an abundance of talent talent coming through and as we said 44 players in Pilltown it's a great number to be able to pick from and they're going to be a threat I think for the championship this year Oh I definitely think they will 100% they are like and as I said like I, I don't fancy the next team that's going to meet them like I, I honestly don't think that they have been fully tested yet bar maybe their first game against Thomastown but you know in the back of their minds they were probably thinking well hold on we're qualified we know we're going to probably get into a quarter final first round whatever the case may be so they were probably just laxy daisy coasting maybe trying out a few new players Um, I think we're really going to see them hitting the ground running now and especially if you know Kelly Leanne Dyle is bringing the form that she brought from the championship through and you know uh, obviously Casey Power being back to them at, at full health is going to be really good and of course you can't forget Eva Dyle as well Laura Norris too a powerhouse at midfield for her club she is definitely a standout club player for me she's absolutely phenomenal she just goes through everything and she will just keep going non-stop for 60 minutes Um, so yeah it'd be very interesting to see the next day for them St Martins yeah as you said they have plenty of girls coming through Um, great to see them competing in under 16 and minor county finals like don't be anyway surprised St. Martins will be they'll be hitting you know the top four top two in the county in the next couple of years with the, with the players that they're going through whatever doing it they're, whatever they're doing at underage level you know they're they're bringing on players they're getting to county finals they're winning county titles and that's something really good to see like we've seen Thomastown do that for so many years and now look at them they're at the top of their game St. Martins are slowly but surely they're creeping into that position and yeah okay it might take them a couple of years but when they get there they'll be there yeah, I'm just looking at some of the, the scores from there as well. I mean, Katie Power and uh, Aoife Doyle between them scoring 3-6 of that. I think uh, Kellyanne Doyle pitched in, I think, with three or four points there as well. Um, so, you know, good scoring. County girls showing up what they can do. But I agree, St. Martins are going to be there or thereabouts in the next couple of years. Disappointing result from over the weekend, but they will certainly uh, come back again stronger next year. But Piltown will march on to the quarter final stages uh, 
next up and we'll be previewing them shortly next up then was the meeting of yourselves and Conaghy and poor Conaghy seemed to be the vein of your life because you wrote them off for so many times they came back then last week and they were after winning when you said they weren't going to win and it was up against yourselves then last Sunday and in fairness um, I won't say it was comprehensive enough but a 217 to 1-6 victory would suggest that it was fairly easy um, I wouldn't say fairly easy now. Um, like they're they're very very good. They've got some fantastic players there. Danielle Morrissey probably was a big loss to them. To be fair, um, you know she got an injury in the week previous, so she wasn't available to tug out for them on Sunday morning. Um, I think in the end, probably our experience at playing at senior level for the last couple of years definitely shone through. Um, the Conaghy manager kind of said it to us afterwards that you know this was a massive learning curve for them. I suppose their aim was to keep a flow and to keep girls playing and things like that um, but yeah like it, probably their inexperience definitely showed you know for Tullerone like we've been up senior for the last couple of years so we're bound to have we're bound to be like ahead above them in that regard but you know Conaghy can hold her heads very high they gave a good account of themselves I thought Katie Brennan was very good at midfield for Conaghy Roisin Phelan you know at one stage she came the whole way from the full back line up to the full forward line and I remember just looking at my own management team thinking if they think I'm going to be doing the running that Roisin Phelan is doing they have another thing coming to them she's just instrumental she's she's just a fantastic player fantastic club player to have and she's she's just great to have there and obviously then you have the Mulhall sisters um, there as well you know just working really really hard you know they have a lot to learn but they have so many young players coming through the four there as well um, a good scoreline for Tullerone but you know we would and I don't I don't want to be kind of I don't want to be harsh or mean towards Conaghy but we would have been expecting that for ourselves like we knew we had to put in the performance the first 15 minutes now it was tough they really came at us going on even for the first 20-25 minutes like they were just coming at us there was nothing to separate either team uh, but yeah like you know Tullerone happy to get out there with a victory and just have to focus on this weekend now yeah, which I suppose for Conaghy as well, nothing to lose either. Again, no relegation. So, you know, it's great for them that they were able to just go out, express themselves, get another game under their belt at senior level, get the experience of playing extra teams and the likes of yourselves then as well. So they are going to be ones for the future to look forward to. Um, and that they'll be disappointed enough, I suppose, only scoring 1-6. But like uh, from what I can gather, um, you know, you were really phenomenal on the day and we know you didn't want to predict that. And in fairness, when you're playing with... Uh, a team you don't want to be doing that either but a good win for Tullerone on that one so Tullerone march on and Conaghy uh, are out of the championship then for this year so that completes the three uh, first round games that we had then last weekend so we move on then to the quarterfinals and albeit we announced the quarterfinals last weekend there was a slight change to that obviously because the tables were actually wrong when it came to positional switches between uh, St. Bridget's and Gordon so the first quarterfinal that we have up on you is going to be St. Bridget's versus Piltown that game is in Kilmanagh at 11 o'clock on Sunday first of the Michael Ling Hyundai senior quarterfinals how do you see this one going? Okay, yeah, listen, I think St. Bridget's having a home venue, that's going to be a huge thing for them. I think they're going to need every advantage that they can get coming up against Pilltown. Um, I do feel like Pilltown are just going to be more superior on the day. I can't see it being a whitewash by any means. I think St. Bridget's of Ali Callan have been extremely good and extremely competitive this year in the championship so far. Um, and I again, like I don't want to be like downplay down talk of them at all, like but people people probably wouldn't have expected 
them to come like you know finish top of the group win two games and they did and just rewards they did do that and they came out and they've got a home venue against Piltown this weekend um, I think they're going to be fully focused they obviously they didn't have a game last weekend they, they got a run out with their juniors which was great to see if I think if their juniors had won the weekend, it would have been a great momentum to carry into this weekend's game. But um, yeah, like uh, I would be fearful there. I do think Piltown are going to come out the winners of that one. Yeah, well, certainly they could get a potential uh, players off the last weekend's game. I, I'm almost standing and I will stand corrected. I think the last time they played one another in the county final was the intermediate back in 2014, if I'm not mistaken, that Piltown won because they then went forward then to the uh, Leinster and all championships that they won in 2015, if I'm not mistaken but I think that was the last time that was there but it could be a close enough game and again you know if St. Bridget's get their tactics right and mm-hmm. get in players that will match up with the likes of Kellyanne, Aoife, Katie Power they can actually put it up to them. They certainly can like and I think the one thing about St. Bridges is they have so many young players coming through that are showing absolutely no fear. Like we've seen a couple of them at intercounty level for my, you know, likes of Claire Dohany, we've seen Leah Brett, Lauren Ronan, Tara Ronan is in there as well. You've got Marie Dohany. These girls have all got intercounty experience and, you know, from winning All-Irelands to getting to All-Irelands this year, it's been great for them they're just so so young like and I think you know potentially Piltown could take them for nearly for granted and that's where I think Piltown could get caught if they are to be caught but I don't know I just feel that Piltown will be a lot stronger for them on the day and I honestly can't see it going on I stand to be corrected and I apologise if I'm wrong in advance but um, I can't see it going on any other way other than a Piltown win well, I know Nicola Butler will probably be delighted that you're uh, <laughs> writing them off so early. Uh, as she was saying, we even got the, the fixtures wrong last week. So hopefully, Nick, when you're listening to this, uh, that you won't be giving out to us too much next weekend. So that completes the first quarterfinal. Uh, the second one up then that we have is going to be a real tough affair altogether. That is Dixborough versus uh, Liz Downey St. Lactons. That game is going to head in Palmerstown also Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. And this one, Anya, is not going to be easy to predict no and I feel like there's a gun actually being held to my head on this one now because if I if I don't say Liz Downey Freshford I could be thrown out of my house tonight and sure, Farrell will hardly do that to you now oh sure you'd never be surprised at this stage those, those Freshford cronies they all stick together down there um, but yeah this is going to be an exciting game I do feel like there is a little bit of a revenge in it for Dixborough from last year um, they probably weren't expecting Freshford Liz Downey to come out and beat them last year in the in the round stages of it and they were very very disappointed with that and I suppose that kind of set Dixborough up for nearly their own demise last year um, I just think the way the way both teams are kind of hurling this year I do feel that Dixborough have got they have got more momentum with them yeah it was a great result at the weekend for Liz Danny St. Lactons against Wine Gap um, but I just think as a structure and as a team as a whole I think Dixborough are definitely the stronger team I think it will be a close battle um, I'd never underestimate Liz Downey St. Lactons because they can pop out of anywhere and you know they're, they're going to have it in their mind that they do want to get back to a county final and they you know that that's their aim and um, you know that's obviously that's what every team wants to do but I just think Dixborough at home that's it's a tough ground to go in there it's a tight pitch as well you know Freshford is down here aren't going to get all that space that they would have wanted especially in their full forward line because they do have a killer full forward line they're not going to want 
they're not going to get all that space because Dixborough is so enclosed it's so tight and even with the rails and the wall around it it just makes the pitch seem so much smaller than it actually is and then that in the crowd you have a real cauldron and noise there when the yeah. crowd starts getting on your back and they start getting support into their home girls anything is possible out there anything is possible yeah and I just you know it would be hard to see Dixborough and Nasha to walk away with a victory in that one Do you think though that Dixborough are hampered slightly that the fact that Lisdowney St. Lactans had a match under their belt last Sunday they're going into it with a bit of momentum whereas Dixborough had the break off because they were already in the quarterfinals could that come back and bite them a small little bit? Um... I don't know. Like, I think, I think it's slightly different for Dixborough. I think that because they've probably been harp, harpened with a couple of injuries throughout the league stages, that week has probably done them all the world of good that they're able to get these players back, you know, to championship pace because they will need everyone. They're not going to be able to go out and play a match, you know, especially a county quarter final, missing, the, you know, maybe three or four of their best players. They're going to want to have their best 15 out. And I think this is where we're going to see the best of Dixborough come out at the weekend. Um, I think the week would have done them. That extra week's break would probably give them a, a bit of rest. Um, I do think momentum will be carrying, will be carrying St. Lacton's Liz Downey and that. And I suppose the fact that they've had two very tough games in Thomastown and in Piltown through the round robin stages, that'll potentially stand to them as well because you know, I suppose the way we're talking at, you're kind of looking at Thomastown and Piltown being the top two in the county really at the moment. And I suppose Freshford is only kind of coming up and playing them, knowing that, right, this is the standard we need to be at. And I, they're not going to have any fear. They're certainly not going to have any fear going in to, to play Dixborough. But just going into Dixborough, as you said, just that pitch in there, the whole of Dixborough is going to be down at it. You know, they really, really want to make amends. They want to get back that title that they won in 2019. And, you know, it's going to, that'll be a great match. But I, I do fear that it is going to be Dixborough's day. Well, it certainly is going to be a tight and a tough affair out there. Now, we all know, uh, I'm going to skip the next one just for a minute. Uh, we'll go to the last one then of the quarterfinals in the senior. That is Young Ireland's of Gordon and Clara. It's in Gordon at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Uh, a repeat of the intermediate final a couple of years ago um, that I think this was a Young Ireland who did win it. They did eventually. Yeah, Clara then came back um, and wanted to go up senior. That was a cracker that day as well and I think it's going to be another cracker as well on Sunday. So how are you calling this one? And it was only a point that was in that county final as far as I can remember, wasn't it? Blown Callan. It was only a point that separated them that day too as far as I'm aware. There wasn't too many in it anyway. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Like my head keeps on changing with this one. Like I was um, doing the Eddie Scally show last night and I predicted Young Ireland's and today I was thinking about it and I think it's going to be Clara. <laughs> I actually have no idea when it comes to this. Like and I was talking to Nessa Farrell from Gore and she's like, Clara have never beaten them in championship. And I was like, all right, okay. And like before this, I would have probably been like, Clara, 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 you know, they're definitely going to win. I just, I just think Clara, phenomenal team. But the more games that Young Ireland's are getting under the belt, the more momentum they're bringing. And I suppose you kind of forget about all the players that they have. Like, you know, you've got Steffi and Tiffy Fitz. You've got Kira O'Keefe in there. You've got Nicole Carter there. You've got Sarah and Quinlan. That's just five that like, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. But there's so many more girls that are there that are just propelling through. Like, and they've got such a great history. This one's going to be really really hard to call I would not be surprised if it's a draw match I honestly wouldn't I can't it's it's one game I actually cannot call 
But if anybody's around in, Cla- in where is it, in Gorn, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, definitely get to that game because that's going to be a cracker of a game. I, I, I physically cannot call that one. Well, I know Gorn is probably going to be <coughs> disappointed after last year because they had high expectations going into the semi-final against Thomastown. I won't say they've nearly predicted themselves that, you know, that they were going to win it, but they did have expectations. You know, they were going really, really well. Let's be honest, nobody really predicted that they were going to get to the semi-final last year. Um, And then unfortunately, what happened in the semi-final was nearly a capitulation. But like, they have been building since then and they're getting stronger and they're getting better each game that they go into it. So are you predicting extra time and maybe extra, extra time and even penalties on that game? I'm definitely predicting extra time anyway. Um, God only knows, to be honest with you. I actually, I honest, I, I physically cannot call that game. That's going to be way too tight. Now, knowing my luck, there'll be an onslaught and one team will absolutely take the other team to the cleaners. But I just think on paper, like it'll be very interesting to, you know, to see the matchups and what's going to happen in that case. Like who's going to pick up Mary O'Connell? Because she is absolutely flying it with her club at the moment. Claire Nolan is absolutely flying it. You know, who's going to pick up Steffi Fitz? She's a constant threat there. Nicole Carter at the backs. Somebody still has to mark her. And I know it's usually the back that has to mark the forward. But Nicole you know she can be such an instigator in a game like she's just she's just even just to watch her it's just phenomenal to be able to just watch that girl play camogie everything just it's seems nearly so nearly a role reversal uh, yeah. she's nearly out in front of the ball the whole time exactly. she plays more of a forward and more so than a back so the forwards then have to mark the back where it's the, I think it's the point you're getting at yeah it's just so effortless with her everything is just so effortless and just the way she's able to just deliver just excellent ball into her forwards like you know someone's going to have to look at her as well Siobhan Curtis for Clara in a full forward you know somebody needs to somebody needs to man her and of course you can't forget about Emma Shortle who like it probably will be a Nicole Carter Emma Shortle two of them will probably be marking each other and there's a battle there's a battle that's going to happen Um, you know I suppose Emma Shortle you know she's so pacey and so fast but then Nicole is just so unassuming you kind of look at her because you know she's just she's really like cool and laid back kind of that you wouldn't think she has this burst of pace but by God when she's going she's going and you know Tiffy Fitz is she going to be playing at centre back is she going to maybe move over to the wing to take on Mary O'Connell who knows like that's going to be an excellent game there's so many matchups in that game that you actually don't know which way it's going to go whichever team gets their matchups right on the day is, is definitely going to win it but it, it's just too hard to call I couldn't I couldn't like I'll probably wake up tomorrow and tell you Claire and then again now on Friday morning I'll be like no no Young Ireland's going to win it, that one's too good cool. I'll call it maybe Saturday evening um, but uh, right now well I, can't I can tell you that. one thing you're going to be right on one of the calls anyway yeah, so surely surely I'll be right um, yeah no that one's too it, I, I predict that one could go to a draw definitely well it certainly sounds like that that's the game to go to for the weekend according to our expert here on Yafahi but uh, yeah that is uh, Gordon Young Ireland's of course of Gordon and Clara in Gordon at 11 o'clock on Sunday now the last of the quarterfinals in the senior and I've left this deliberately until last because Anya is here with me and she's going to tell us all about how Tullerone are going to beat the defending champions Thomastown and go on and win the county final now and she's looking at me the same as I have two heads here at this moment in time but anyway give us your thoughts on this one I think we will Martin I think we have just same chances anybody else that's left in the competition we're down to the final eight we're down to the business end of the season um, you know when the girls said it after the match the other day we've just as good a chance as anyone else like Thomastown still have to come out and beat us you know we're which not, is true we're not going down there to just put on jerseys and, and make up a team for the day listen we're not stupid we know the task that's ahead of us like it's a monumentous task 
like. And, you know, we just, as like I've been saying all year about Tullerone, we can only focus on ourselves. We can only control what we can control. And we're not going to be worrying about who they have or who they don't have or who's playing for them or who's not playing for them. You know, they have to worry about us as well. Like, you know, we have we have some girls that are really just on fire. Neve Dowling is on fire for us this year. Grace Walsh is being phenomenal. Miriam is just a constant threat up there. We have so many girls that are really just showcasing. Kira Murphy's excellent. And Noelle Maher, she could have scored six goals last week if she wanted to. You know, so, you know, we have the players as well. I suppose we know we're going in as underdogs. Um, without a doubt but we just have to we just have to focus on ourselves it is it's a huge task for us um, but if you want to be the best you have to beat the best and you have to play against the best and that's the attitude we're going to go down with Well it's certainly going to be a, a cracker of a game as well and I can't wait until next week uh, to see it because either Sully is going to be a very happy man or he's going to be on the text message giving out to me that we didn't uh, predict them to win against Tolerone I don't predict any of them and I don't do it for a reason in case I'm out officiating at any game over the weekend that way I can't be accused of anything and that's why I leave everything to our expert in studio here uh, with Anya but certainly another cracker of a senior quarterfinal to get played over the weekend Thomastown and Tullerone Thomastown is the place to be at 11 o'clock there in that game now we're moving on to the Shaw's Department Store Intermediate Games and we had two first round games over the weekend the Roar played Glenmore and St. Clair's played Danes Fort St. Clair's had a comprehensive win over Danes Fort Anya as you predicted on that one the Roar versus Glenmore was a tight enough affair I think a little bit tighter maybe than you might have expected but you did get the call right and you did say that the Roar was going to win it but the Roar coming away with a one point win 3-9-3-8 St. Clair's 2-18-2-8 winners over Danes Ford so yeah uh, both the Roar and St. Clair's march on to the quarterfinals Yeah um, definitely wasn't no illness towards Glenmore now here either but I, I certainly wasn't expecting you know them to come that close to Roar and and you know uh, I, like I don't mean that in a bad way I was expecting Rornish to kind of push on from that and maybe potentially have that at the start of their championship ca- campaign uh, but yeah you know overall a good result they're probably very very lucky to come out with that victory so you know they can count themselves lucky on that and yeah they head on to a quarter final St. Clair's on the other side you know not a massive massive shock delighted for them very very young team we see coming through Um and it's all about it's all a big learning process for them they're only relatively new up at intermediate level and they'll be taking every game they'll be learning they'll be seeing what they can change up the next day and you know how they can react you know to a loss just as much as they can react to um, a win as well so very good result for both teams there and both teams are heading into knockout stages now as well so they can be very happy with that Yeah which brings us on next then to the quarterfinals the draw was done via Zoom last night with all the clubs was involved there's some interesting matchups on this one the first one we're going to take is James Stevens versus the Roar in a Steeg. That game going ahead in Park Seamus Stephon on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. A battle of the red and greens together. Which of the red and green teams are going to come away with that one? James Stevens, without a doubt. I just think they're on fire. They're absolutely on fire. They are really have just sprung out of nowhere 
and I don't mean that in a bad way either but they have they've just come out of nowhere I think probably a lot of people thought just because they're after coming up from junior the year before that they wouldn't be really there'd be a no contest nearly for all the intermediate teams but I just think I think they've set a very very high standard for themselves so far in the championship and I also think they've set a very high standard for the teams that are in the intermediate championship that hey look at us we were junior last year this is the standard we're setting so come catch us now um, yeah definitely I, I can't see Roran SG coming out with a victory that I just don't think they're going well enough at the moment and I think James Stevens will, will should comfortably win that game Okay that's a fairly definite on that one um, Emerald St Anne's then versus St Clair's we know that this one was already played um, in the, the league section of the championship as well and it was fairly comprehensive for Emerald St Anne's I suppose if a team that St Clair's wanted to avoid it was uh, Emerald St Anne's and then the game is going ahead in Arlingford as well um, which nearly makes it as bad for the poor St Clair's girls but yeah I think I know where this one is going with you on your predictions but how do you feel on this one? Yeah this is going to be an extremely tough task I think for St Clair's you know they went down to Galmai the last day to play them and now they're heading up to Arlingford and I suppose you know, maybe Galmoy was kind of like the training ground for Erling for for Emerald Saint Anne's the first day, and now we're hitting the kind of you know you know the big stage heading over to Erlingford there to play it, and I'm sure that the support will be very very heavy for um, Emerald Saint Anne's there. Um, I would imagine that they probably will come out with it, you know an easy enough victory there too. Um, you know, I I think they're probably going to push on a gear now as well from their previous match against St. Clair's. I just think, you know, as you said, St. Clair's, they probably didn't want, you know, they definitely didn't want to get this team in the quarter final. And I do think that, that Emerald St. Anne's are, are really going to put the foot to the neck now this weekend and they're going to push on and they're going to really make their stamp a stamp at the championship this year on Sunday. Yeah, not that we're saying that any of the teams in the intermediate grade is easy or anything that way, but just from the previous results going to Emerald St. Anne's and the form that they were in last year I still know they're very disappointed over the county final lost last year they want to get back there and try and uh, to win the county final the next one up then is interesting as well it's also happened uh, going back a couple of weeks ago Mullinavat versus O'Loughlin Gales in Mullinavat at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning a repeat as I said of one of the earlier league games Mullinavat just coming away with a couple of points in that mm-hmm. game but you were mentioning I think it was Laura Murphy wasn't yeah. available for that game do we know was she back for it? Don't know much at the moment and let's see if she's back for that but that really was you know that was the ding dong game of that weekend there was only two three points that were after separation it and if I'm honest, I would have probably said Mullinavat to kind of push on. I know at the start of the year, I've been kind of saying Mullinavat for nearly kind of pushing towards a county final at this stage. Um, but that game's going to be very interesting. If Laura Murphy is back, ready, fit and able for this game or whatever the case may be, you know, she's going to be a major difference. Um, is her, are herself and Julianne Malone, Julianne Malone going to kind of, you know, balance each other out at midfield there? And who's going to man, um, you know, Leanne Fenley in the full form forward line that'll be a very very good battle um, I would say though Mulnavat by the skin of their teeth on that one the fact that it is a home venue for them um, I think they might they may just pull it out of the bag on Sunday So that's another tight affair that mm-hmm. you might be thinking could be going to extra time Potentially could go to a draw but I would call Mulnavat but by the slightest of margins 
Okay, so Mullen Nevada is getting the nod on that one. Then we're going to move on then to the last of the Shaw's Department Store Intermediate Championship quarterfinals. It's Barrow Rangers versus Ballyhale Shamrocks. The game is going ahead in Paulstown on Sunday at uh, 11 o'clock. So how do you see this one going? Yeah, I suppose like this one's going to be a little bit more interesting. I think, you know, Ballyhale kind of seem like they've started to kind of get their groove together. Bar Rangers have been just kind of, you know, slowly but surely kind of just getting through the group stages. You know, I, I wouldn't probably, I'd say there may be something similar to Piltown where they haven't gone at full throttle yet. Um, I do think, however, they will probably come out of this one. Victor's Bar Rangers, um, I do think they've just a little bit more about them, probably a little bit more experience from getting to the county semi-final last year as well and you know they'll want to really push on from that so I do think it will be Bar Rangers but I think that one again it's going to be a very tight affair I think the likes of Miriam Bambrick Colette Dorm or Shauna Tracy are really going to to push uh, Bar Rangers over the line on this one Okay so that's uh, your predictions of James Stevens, Emma Rosine Dan's Mona Navash just by the pip of uh, her skin uh, and Barrow Rangers then on that one so interesting enough on that uh, we'll move on then to the <coughs> Ivor Produce Junior Championship there was a couple of games at the weekend Piltown beat uh, Dixborough uh, Carrick Shock had a comfortable win over Tullahor Ross Berkham we don't have a result of the Thomastown and Conaghy game that was on last weekend because it's not actually up but it brings us to the quarter final draws then um, which have been announced uh, and we'll start off first of all with Moonkine and Greg Nam- that game is in Moonkine at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning and I suppose like St. Clair's if there was anyone you didn't want to get this happened a couple mm. of weeks ago it might even have only been last weekend in it Moonkine played Greg Namana as well it didn't end well for poor Greg Namana and I feel an onslaught could be coming in this one as well Yeah I think so like I suppose Greg Namana have kind of had a tough the last couple of weeks you know they weren't able to field then the following week then they had to come out and they had to play Moonkine didn't go well at all for them and now they have to turn around and face them in a quarter final it's by far out of all those teams it's probably the worst team that you could probably come up against Moonkine like to play them in a in a quarter final um, you, you, to be honest you can't re- you can't look past Moonkine on that like I do I, I would have a fear like I, I do think that they will they'll come out very comfortable winners in that and probably very much at their ease as well Yeah well in fairness you have been tipping Moonkine all along throughout that uh Campaign. Moving on to the second one, then we have Carrick Shock and Nave Breed. That game is going ahead in Hogginstown at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Um, and in fairness to Nave Breed, they have been slogging away over the last couple of weeks, going out and playing games and getting hockeyed in. Some of them are still there. They're mm-hmm. now in a quarter final and they're playing Carrick Shock. So how do you see this one going? Yeah, like to be fair, again, you'd have to go for Carrick Shock on that one too. I just think they're just going to have way too much in the tank there for Nave Breed. The one thing I will say for Greg Namana and Nave Breed, like, you know, regardless of what stage you're getting to, you're still getting to compete in a county quarter final. Like, I don't care what grade it's at. I don't care how many teams are in it. Like you're still playing in a county quarter final. That's an achievement in itself. Anything can happen on these days on, you know, county final, semi-finals, quarter final days. Like, and it's an achievement in itself. And at least they can turn around and say, yeah, we got to the county quarter final. Like, you know, there's other teams and other grades and other levels that would only be loving to be in that position instead of getting knocked out of round one. So, you know, fair play to them for getting that. You know, they can just learn. They can build on this for next year, whatever the case may be. But you would have to say Carrick Shock 
Aqua should be coming out very comfortable victors in that one too yeah and I think if they work it the same as they did last year as well that the runners up in them games will still get another game and a chance for county final at junior B level which will be fantastic for the likes of uh, Great Namana Benet Breed and the, the other teams that might lose that then as well in the next one so that brings us on then to the third uh, junior championship quarter final which is John Locke's Bennett's Bridge versus Tullahar Ross Berkin that game is going ahead in John Locke Park on Sunday at 11 o'clock so an intriguing one is this one because uh, John Locke's Bennett's Bridge have been going fairly well but Tullahar with that game over uh, was a Carrick Shock um, and I think Carrick Shock will beat him fairly comprehensive so they're going into that with uh, a defeat so interesting enough on that one how do you see this one coming yeah an intriguing battle here now to be fair to John Locks and Bounce Ridge against Tuller or Ross Berg and you know kind of hard to call I feel and I don't know why I'm finding this very hard to call I feel like I should be saying Tuller her but I'm not going to be surprised if it's John Locke's Bennett's Fridge. I just think like, yeah, you know what? They're doing well. Again, they're a new team. I know score lines haven't been probably going, you know, their way. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, <laughs> I kind of think it's a hard one to call. And I know many people are kind of thinking, you know, why? It, it's not a hard one to call. But I, I think I think John Locke's Bennett's Fridge could surprise Tuller on it. I think with momentum getting inside them, I don't think Tuller would be too happy with the defeat that they had at the weekend. And heads are probably going to be very down seven twelve to two seven. You know, it's it's a bit of a whitewash there. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, a big scoreline. Yeah, it's, right, it's yeah. a big scoreline, and you don't really want to be going into then a county quarter final with knowing that you're after conceding the seven goals and twelve points. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. I think I think John Locke's Brian's Bridge. I think they could put it up to Tuller on that one. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. I I don't really want to call that one, to be honest with you now. I'm not saying it's going to be a draw, but I just can't make my mind up what it's who it's going to be. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Uh, as I said, I'm not going to predict anyone, but I do think it's going to be an intriguing battle. John Locke's Bennett's Bridge have taken great strides in the last yeah. even couple of months. Like, Because I know they won the, the Summer League that was going on as well back in it. And that'll give them great boost going in to know they can compete with junior teams as well, albeit some of them without the county players and that. Um, but still, yeah, an, an interesting battle. Uh, and we'll just have to wait with the results then next week to see who's going to go through to the semi-final in that one. Yeah, I think... Like and I think that's what's kind of holding me back. Like I feel like John Locks are nearly kind of building momentum really at this time of year, and I don't know why. Like I think if you had asked me last week, I'd have said Tuller hands down, no problem at all. And I just don't know why I can't say Tuller this week, but I'm not going to say them. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. We'll as I said, we will just have to wait and see. We'll just repeat it again. That is the Ivor Produce Junior Championship quarterfinal, John Locks Bennett's Bridge versus Tuller in John Lock Park on Sunday at eleven o'clock, which brings us to the very last game then of the adult championship weekend, and it is the last quarterfinal in the junior championship. It is the repeat of the game that I done last weekend between Thomastown and Piltdown. As I said, it was a very very tight affair last weekend. Thomastown did pull away in the end, but Piltown was there, thereabouts on you, and it's not going to be easy for Thomastown either this weekend. No, and after getting given out to last week, I'm definitely not going against Thomastown this week. So um, I'll say Thomastown and I'll say no more on, on it. Um, but yeah, I suppose, yeah, listen, Thomastown, you'll have to, I'll have to go for them or it could be shot. Yeah, well, it could be a fascinating uh, <laughs> battle. I mean, Thomastown could potentially be in a senior and junior final yeah. on the same day. Like, that would be some achievement in itself. I don't think it's ever happened no. in the county before. 
yeah, it'd be a huge achievement for both clubs. And I suppose when you kind of look at it that way, they probably are maybe like... Could be Pilltown either, by the way, just in case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, in Thomastown, Pilltown are probably nearly... The, maybe the two two stronger teams at junior level if I'm being honest and I suppose like you know I, you know when we say like you know it's oh, the top four teams in the county are at this stage we all kind of we always kind of measure it on you know semi-finals from the previous years could you potentially say that you know regardless of who the semi-finals are this year no I don't think you could because I do think both of those teams whichever one ends up losing they are better than maybe some of the other teams in the competition it's just listen it's just the way the 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 teams are pulled out of the hat or whatever the case may be but yeah it'll be it'll be a stormer of a game I am going to pip Thomas down out of sheer fear for my life because we are playing them Sunday morning and I don't want to get decapitated in the process <laughs> I don't think that'll happen this is all more so fun and intriguing to know how things are going and in fairness to you now we've been going back through your predictions 95% of them at this stage now are right so you know you're not too bad at it at all in <laughs> fairness well that completely all of the adult championship games for this weekend in both senior intermediate and junior some fascinating fixtures are there if you want further details don't forget to log on to kilkennycomogie.ie and you will get up to the date fixtures arrangements of times and venues and that uh, on all of those fixtures just one last thing then on fixtures we just want to congratulate Young Ireland's of Gordon who were crowned the Gaetech uh, Utilities under 14 Ryan D champions uh, last weekend after victory over Tuller Ross Birkin in their county final played in Thomastown Young Ireland's of Gordon 6-5 Tullaher Ross Birkin 3 goals and 4 points so well done to the girls there in Young Ireland's on a fantastic victory on that so as we said that completes all matters of uh, scores previews and results coming over the last weekend and this weekend's ma- games um, so some intriguing battles there to look forward to including the Thomastown and Tullaroma which we're all going to look forward to who wins that next weekend now we're going to move on to different matters which is uh, refereeing matters we discussed it in brief here uh, on our podcast last weekend and we have got some great traction um, involved in it and over the weekend as well it has been played on the score uh, line with uh, Shane O'Keefe and Robbie Dowling um, and I have been informed that their GAA are going very very well their seven new recruits have signed up to take part in the referees course which is absolutely fantastic but we commented on refereeing matters last Tuesday and how difficult it was for referees and about attracting referees into the sport as well and a couple of incidents happened over last weekend as well one of them was a social media post that was put up by a club criticising a referee in no uncertain terms which wasn't very nice uh, we have to say and especially when it questions referees um, and the whole lot and it shouldn't really be happening Um, but that was one incident and the second incident then that we had was over uh, the weekend as well when uh, a referee was and I will have to use the word allegedly abused uh, by a fellow referee as well on it because um, the fact and we don't ever mention names on these podcasts either we are just highlighting it because they could be uh, proceedings to follow or anything and we don't want to jeopardise any of them but Anya just on that um, over the weekend like it's so hard to get referees in it now I know you had a bit of banter with your own club saying that uh, you've never abused me on a field and they can't believe that you were telling the truth on that well I can categorically uh, say that that has never happened as long as I've been refereeing with you but um, 
yeah, those incidents over the weekend throws light on refereeing matters um, when it comes to trying to get new referees in. And if you have people that seeing these incidents going along, I mean, if you post something on social media, it's all over the place for people to be able to see it. It shouldn't be happening. Um, and the whole lot, it's very hard to get referees involved when you see stuff like that going on. It certainly is. And I think <clears throat> the first point we'll start off with is the keyboard warriors. Um, I just think it's a disgrace. Um, I think they need to have a bit of a look at themselves if they're going to be um, you know taking on abuse now to you know be thrown at people that you know are giving up their time as well to go out and to referee these games as we've mentioned and as you've mentioned so many times before we can't have matches without referees and for somebody to think that it is okay to take to social media to air their dirty laundry and what their thoughts and opinions are you know, I just think it's disgusting if they're going to do it. I do it about someone else. I understand we're all entitled to free speech and, you know, we're entitled to our own opinion. But I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, the respect for um, human beings themselves and respect for, you know, the players of the games and things like that. I just think it's really, really disgusting. I th- just don't think it, I don't think it should be happening. Um, and I think because, you know, the Camogie community is such a small community as it is. And as you, we mentioned last week, they're so limited on the amount of referees that are in the county, even probably in the country for Camogie matches. And then for, you know, to have some somebody blatantly, you know, annihilate somebody online. I just think it's just not nice, regardless of whether your team won or your team lost or you didn't like the decisions or whatever the case may be. I just don't think it's called for. It's not right. It's not fair. And people then wonder why people don't want to go referee matches. They can't understand how they can't get referees. Um, You know, listen, I know it comes with a trait and we said this last week that, yeah, referee, they probably are opening themselves up to certain abuse. But I think it's about time people just start respecting them because it's just, it's not even funny anymore. It's, it's insulting. It's ignorant. And I just think that person who did it on social media, they're just being a keyboard warrior. That's all they're being. And, you know, they're not really being a good role model for their club or for young players around the around the country it's just it's not right behaviour and it, it's very very immature and childish Yeah I thought not just what there was a couple just in case that mm. anyone thinks it was just the one person but um, it wasn't but yeah I mean we've all and I mean even when we were at county games and we were sitting above and we're doing the commentary on games and we might not agree with decisions and we've been at games where you as a back have agreed with the back that they didn't foul and I'm looking yeah. at it from a referee's point of view and I've agreed with the referee that it was a foul but I mean we can have that discussion it, it doesn't go that far I mean everyone has their own opinions on whether things are fouls or you know you can have your opinions on whether a referee was against you or maybe you didn't get a decision Um, I mean as is the case in every game that goes out in it but at the end of the day they're still human beings Mm -hmm. they have to go and they have to go back to families some of them could have young families which I know in particular uh, the referee in question that it happened over the weekend did and I mean those people are looking at things that's been said and I mean kids now are able to go online and they're able to see things that's been written about dad or whoever you know yeah. it might be uncles or aunts in relation to female officials or whatever that way um, and I think people need to just sit back and actually think and say well look this is not going to happen and if we keep going down this way the referees are going to give up because they're not going to be bothered their backside to go out they're not going to referee the games and that's the end of the sport of camogie we won't have camogie matches anymore no you're dead right like and you know you know that's that's another point as well like yeah then you're putting it up on social media 
yeah, their kids, their family members, everybody could see it. But like a lot of it also boils down to mental health then as well. Like nobody wants to be, you know, reading comments, you know, horrible comments about them online or, you know, you know, snippets from um, a report or whatever the case. They don't need that to be broadcasted online. You know, it was it was only last year, the year before that there was like a social media campaign of hashtag be kind like and, you know, I, I don't mean to be cheesy and I don't want to be using that, but it was it was a social media campaign. And, you know, this type. Why do we need a social media campaign to be kind to someone in this day and age? Like we shouldn't have to be. And like I think it's just really, really childish. I just don't agree with it. Like yeah, as you said, like we've often had our conversations where you've agreed with a decision that I haven't agreed with. You know, like. I'm not going to tell you how to do your job. Like, I'm not going to go into your workplace and tell you how to do your job. I don't know how to do it. I'm not the professional. I'm not the qualified one at your job. Same as you're not the one in my job. So who gives anybody the right to go and tell somebody that they're not doing their job right? Well, if you don't think that they're doing their job right, why don't you ring up the GA, ring up the Camogie Association, sign up for the course yourself and then actually put yourself in that situation where you're running around the field for an hour on the Sunday mornings like and and do that and do the job instead instead of like turning around and giving abuse to the person that is actually doing it. It's the only way forward. Like, you know, we're, you're only as good, you're only as good as what you can get and if you're not going to, you know, sit down there and go in and do the course and do the course yourself, don't be judging or giving out about the people that actually are doing it. Yeah, I know the GA launched the Get Respect, Give Respect campaign that you often see on the, the referees jerseys and that and mm. it comes both ways I mean I know some of the referees at times can be I won't say ignorant to players but I suppose when you're getting it week in week out of people it's very hard to go out the next day and there's someone in your ear yapping yapping the whole time that eventually you're not just going to snap and say something back that you shouldn't say back either and I mean as I said earlier everyone is human Mm -hmm. referees are human yes they've made mistakes I've made plenty of mistakes when I've refereed I've gone back in the car with Gavin and Dad when we're going home from matches even from the the county final going back a couple of years ago and they tell me that I was after fecking up on something there along the mm. lines and I mightn't agree with it and then you'd have a discussion and the whole lot but that's the way it should be you yeah. know keep it in house think of what you've done wrong try go out and not do it the next day but to plaster that then all over the place like I mean some of the comments that was made about certain uh, teams and that over the weekend um, about being tugs and the whole lot I mean that's taking things too far altogether and it really shouldn't be happening yeah like and this is what you know it's small things that riles me up how dare anybody go on and call a bunch of girls who are playing camogie, you know, playing a game that they've been playing for so long, thugs. That's not acceptable. It's not right. Those girls are out there on a voluntary basis. They're playing for the they're playing the game that they love. To call them thugs or saying that their acts were thuggery, I just think it's disgraceful. Um, I would be highly embarrassed if I were those people that put anything up on social media. It's just not right. It really isn't. Um, and it just it makes me. It, it's actually it annoys me so much. Like yeah, listen, I've been on pitches where I haven't agreed with you know a call that a referee has made and I'm sure Martin you often refereed a match that I played and I definitely didn't agree with some comments you made but I'm not taking it off the pitch I'm not running home to log into my Facebook account and to you know upload it onto my Twitter or onto my Instagram or whatever the case may be I'm not doing that like you know you get on with it yeah okay in the heat at the moment I might turn around and go ah for God's sake Martin what are you thinking ah ah, God ref what are you doing it happens right we get that and you know nine times out of ten the referee would be like go on with yourself now or you know Ah, come on you know that was the wrong tackle that's fine but it's kept on the pitch we're not going off the pitch mouthing and spouting about it and 
we're certainly not going on to social media and broadcasting, you know, defamatory comments, um, I would say, uh, about another person. I just think it's wrong and it's just, it's so cruel. And in the world that we're living in, in, in at the moment, with mental health being such a high topic at the moment, that's not going to do any good for anybody's mental health. And no, you, you have to be careful. Yeah. I mean, we want to compliment and an awful lot of clubs I mean the majority of now in fairness to the clubs that was involved over the weekend and the whole lot the nasty comments were removed yeah. straight away which is proper order mm-hmm. and a lot of clubs does that and fair play to them um, as they're able to do that but yeah we just said we would highlight it um, on this programme about the refereeing and if anyone does want to take up the refereeing it is a great sport to get involved in we're still trying to get Anya on the whistle as well she tells me it's never going to happen but she says that about a lot of things um, and it could still happen yeah but that brings us off the refereeing matters on yeah and on to the nominations for the all-stars for oh sorry you want to go something else yep just one thing on the refereeing because I suppose we have seen a lot of negativity on the refereeing sorry, front yes, as well yeah, yeah. I just have to say myself we were hurling the weekend against Conaghy in Tullerone and Owen Bean was refereeing our match and he was he was very, very good referee. But it's what he brought with him. He brought four fully kitted out umpires with him and it brought such an air of professionalism to the game. And it actually showed towards the players that were on the field and the management and the spectators were there, the amount of respect that he has and how serious he takes his job and how serious he takes the game and it showed the respect he had for Camogie. And I just feel like yeah we're hearing so much negativity that definitely for him to do that was absolutely phenomenal it was great and very good referee as well but it was just brilliant to see him come like and it was like I think we all kind of got a shock I was kind of like oh god the white men are coming the the lads in the white suits are coming for me now (laughs) but it was brilliant it was absolutely great to see fair play to him he definitely deserves some recognition and I think something like that needs to be pointed out I've never played I suppose okay yeah obviously when it comes to a county semi-final or a county final or any of the big matches yeah you're obviously going to have him there but it's very rare that you'd see a referee come with four officials to a first round game or a round robin game and great to see and fair play to him and uh, thanks thanks very much to him for doing that and for, to show that his respect and the air professionalism that he showed on the day Yeah well as we said it's not all negativity sorry I did forget about that earlier so yeah you did want to highlight it earlier on and fair play for that it's always nice to give a bit of positivity to our match officials as well Right then we will move on then to the announcement very very quickly um, of of the All-Stars which will be uh, done at a ceremony in Kildare uh, at the end of the month if uh, everything permits that to go ahead albeit at a smaller um, amount of nominations and that those can attend the banquet so first of all we're going to go with the senior nominations so Kilkenny got seven nominations they were Aoife Norris uh, on goal Aoife of course from Piltown Davina Tobin from Emeralds and Colette Dormer uh, from uh, Barrow Rangers in the full back line Megan Farrell of Thomastown in mid field and then our half forward line of Denise Gall from Wine Gap Katie Nolan St. Martins and Mary O'Connell of Clara all getting nominations for All-Stars so I suppose Anya your thoughts on the seven girls that we uh, did get nominations for us and realistically can we see any of them potentially getting an All-Star? Congratulations to all of them there. I think it's, you know, it's a huge achievement just to be nominated. Um, you know, some really good choices there. Um, obviously they all absolutely deserve it. And, you know, I suppose if it was you or me that was given them out in the morning, we'd give it to every single one of them. Um, but I do think from that, I think Colette Dormer had an exceptional year this year with Kilkenny. Um, so I definitely think she'd, I'm not saying by any means none of the other girls deserve this. Can I just put that out there? But there's a lot of competition yeah, there, like between Galway. 
in Cork, yeah. Huge amount of competition. I suppose like when you get to when you're knocked out at the All-Ireland semi-final stage it is a little bit harder then as well um, I do think Colette Dormer will get one there um, I can't imagine an All-Star team without Denise Gall if I'm honest either and I would love nothing more than to see Katie Nolan getting an All-Star this year I think she truly deserves it I think throughout the whole championship game she was so consistent we comment on it so many times that she was the most consistent scorer nearly in all the, in all the championship games so yeah absolutely delighted for every single one of the girls delighted for Davina Tobin to be honest with you now Davina should be kind of going for her maybe her third or fourth All-Star I know she only got her first All-Star last year as well um, Mary O'Connell first time nomination for her Meg Farrell another nomination to, nomination for her um, and even ours obviously another nomination for her it's great for all the girls um, I do think we probably will get maybe three um, and I definitely do think Colette Denise and Katie will be those three but I stand to be corrected God only knows what could happen Well we'll certainly find that out later on in the year when we're trying to put our come on kind team of the years together as well we're trying to whittle down nominations and then pick the team which is going to be fun so we're certainly not going to be looking forward to that I can feel Rose coming on in that for uh, <laughs> for positions on coming up but then uh, to cap it all off then we were represented then with nominations on the intermediate team as well of course that got to the All-Ireland final Sinead Farrell and uh, nominated on goal from uh, St. Lactans in Freshford Neve Lahey then from Emeralds in the full back line along with Roisin Phelan from Conaghy Sarah Spud Crowley and Leanne Fenley uh, from Mullinavat nominated Sarah of course Mul- uh, Munkine in the half back line Kira Phelan from Dixborough in midfield Eva Hines and Sarah Welch both Thomastown in the half forward line Kira O'Keefe from Young Ireland and Sophie O'Dwyer in the full forward line competes our nominations on the intermediate team as well great to get so many nominations for a soaring star on that um, and we're in with a couple of realistic chances of a couple of soaring star all-stars there yeah we certainly are I suppose getting to the All-Ireland final like you would imagine that we are going to have potentially five maybe six girls named on that team um, you know I suppose it's great for the intermediates and juniors that they're actually giving out nominations this year I know over the last couple of years they've literally just picked like a soaring star team so they've you know they've named the 15 girls before the, the banquet or whatever the case may be um, going back to 2016 they literally only had three soaring, three soaring stars you know we had Kira Holden and Jenny Clifford um, were obviously the soaring stars for Kenny that year um, so it's great to actually see that it has evolved from like you know three players at intermediate level to, full team, to then like. having 15 to now actually having nominations of potentially what 30 girls being nominated so it's great to see and it's shown that you know Kamoki is slowly but surely kind of you know gravitating to recognising all players that are getting involved in it Um, it's a huge huge achievement for every single one of the girls that have been involved you know delighted for them all you know Sinead obviously the Farrell household is jumping around the place at home at the moment they're all absolutely delighted with that Um, I think think Stephen is definitely taking all the credit for this one there um, it's nothing got to do with the rest of the family they had nothing got to do with how she's been a goalie for so many years a bit like last weekend as well exactly a bit like last weekend as well <laughs> um, Neve Lahey I have to say I am absolutely delighted for this girl she has been such a pivotal part of the intermediate setup for so, so many years. She is just a girl who throws her all into absolutely everything. She was there in 2016 when they won the Intermediate All-Ireland. You know, she obviously couldn't play for the next year or so. 
she came back and since she came back she has just she's wanted to win one more and more and more it's not just a thing for her to come and to be part of it she just so much wants to win and I think she's finally getting some recognition for it um, I'm absolutely delighted for her Roisin Phelan I just think she's brilliant anyway she's just amazing I think she's class at full back there uh, Sarah Crowley and Leanne Fenley actually you couldn't you couldn't have an all-star nominations and not have the two of them in it and if Sarah Crowley does not get an all-star after her performance alone in the All-Ireland final I'll throw my hat I'll I'll actually I'll just go make one for her at this stage because she undoubtedly deserves one uh, midfield Keir Phelan being another stalwart for that team you know well truly deserved an All-Star Eva Hines and of course Sarah Welsh how many times have we spoke about Sarah Welsh all year her work rate up and down the field in and out without a doubt definitely deserving of them there Keir O'Keefe um, another um, another great nomination for her and Sophie O'Dwyer listen I suppose for Sophie she's been so so instrumental on her freeze for Kilkenny this year um, that you would potentially see that she will have to get a soaring star. I would say out of them, one, two, three, four, I definitely think four of them anyway will get them. They probably should get more, but I, I definitely think you will you will see four of them. Uh, we should say though that the soaring stars in Camogie is a mixture of intermediate and, and junior. junior. So yeah. they mixes them up. So while it could be potentially four for the intermediate we may not so there's a mixture yeah. of there so yeah just to make people aware of that and it is kind of maybe slightly harder I suppose in it than the senior one because the senior is just at senior grade whereas as you mentioned the intermediate the soaring star is intermediate and junior so you've got two grades that are all coming in together so like you're nearly kind of taking in double the amount of teams like and you look at it you have um, Antrim and Kilkenny who are obviously in the all Ireland final and Wexford and Amar who are in the junior ones and then you're going to have your semi-final pairings as well so they're all going to be within a shout of that too but as I said it's a huge huge achievement just to be even nominated um, for um, a soaring star and for an all-star congratulations to to all the girls who who got it. Um, It's a great achievement. Um, I hope they enjoyed the night because it's a great experience for them as well. Hopefully they'll get a night now with the way things are going. Yeah, hopefully I think, you know, it's looking well so hopefully, fingers crossed, they will get get their night out. I think it'd be nice, like it's kind of, it's not really the same if it's done online, like it's just kind of sitting in front of a computer waiting to see if you're going to get a Zoom call and the internet and the dial-up tones waiting to be set up and no, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if they just got out and just got dressed up for the night and just you know feel like you know celebrities basically going around today it'd be great for them and they all deserve it and congratulations to each and every one of them congratulations is right well that brings us to the end of episode 7 here on Come On Kind hopefully you are all enjoying our content here uh, with uh, the podcast that myself and Anya have been doing we're certainly enjoying it can't believe we're on episode 7 already and even though we try to keep it within the hour slightly longer again this time but again we feel that matters have to be discussed in the whole lot so hopefully you're enjoying it we will come back to the uh, All Stars at a later date as well just before that's happening and we might be able to get a special guest in to see if we can pick our All star team of the year but until next week ends episode that is it so it's goodbye from me and and on your fight thanks see you next week this is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Oh, no!